This is Fluency at Your Fingertips by Seb Answers, a podcast for English language learners and teachers. Because I'm a teacher, I help people all the time. And today I was teaching a drumming class. I actually have four students in a drumming ensemble. And Because I was a student of drumming and I was in some large drumming classes in the past, I saw what it was like for teachers to work with large groups of people. But my drumming class is only for students. Some students have a high ability. Um, there are two students in the class, however, who find it very difficult. And I, of course, it's my job to help them, but um, my experience trying to help one of the students today was to give him the simple pattern to play. And I, I had to stop many times um, to correct the rhythm. And in doing so, it was necessary to call everyone's attention to stop. And sometimes when you're playing with musical instruments, they're very loud, and maybe someone's so interested and into it that it's difficult to uh, hear what the teacher's trying to say. So You know, I was trying to help him because it's our goal to learn to play together, and I was explaining that we have to listen, we have to watch each other, and uh, if you, as a player, hear that someone is, that you're out of tempo, the best thing to do is to stop and then begin again when you're ready, um, and you hear the tempo and feel the tempo, and you get playing again. Um, those were all things that I told him. But I, I did feel frustrated, and so I find that even though I tried my best to help him play the rhythm correctly, it was very difficult, and I know that uh, he has a lot of work to do in order to learn to, to play the rhythm and to succeed at this skill. The question is, do you think developed or developing countries have a greater impact on the environment? Um, The theory is that as countries reach a certain level of development, their impact on the environment, their negative impact on the environment goes down. Uh, the reason is that through the, the development stage, the theory is the uh, type of industry that a developing nation has, uh, like factories, has a greater negative impact on the environment than later when the country is developed and they transition to cleaner methods of production and cleaner sources of energy. Um, there is a problem with this, of course, and that's that the countries that are highly developed now, they import a great deal of the consumer goods from developing nations. And even though you might say that the developing nations are responsible for the pollution from the factories that they uh, have that produce these products, the truth is that the consumers of the products are also responsible for the damage of the environment that uh, is a product a secondary product of the production of the consumer product. Can GM food solve the problems farmers have in dealing with drought? Uh, as I understand, uh, genetically modified food can resist drought, and it would seem that 
it is a very good crop uh, to grow in climates that are are changing around the world. And as um, parts of the earth become arid, uh, and farmers do choose either not to migrate or uh, people continue to cultivate genetically modified crops in those drier conditions, it would seem that it can solve a problem. However, um, these genetically modified foods are being sold for multiple purposes. It, it would seem that besides uh, withstanding drought, they are also being sold um, in some cases to have certain vitamin additives. For instance, getting a, a vitamin in your rice and the reason for the consumer um, it wouldn't necessarily be that they need that vitamin, but that it's just a marketing ploy. So I think in the case of farmers who are um, being sold these products, um, perhaps it's commercially viable, but it would seem that um, migration is inevitable. The question is, does giving to charity benefit those in need or those who give to the charity? I have heard stories about uh, charity funds being wasted on the expenses of the charity organizations. I would like to think that the people who are receiving charity benefit, um, and I'm sure that anyone who is in need and receives charity would be grateful. Um, however, I think that the people who donate, they also, of course, they should feel happy to have the uh, ability to do so. And I think that's something that is a feel-good act for those who um, who donate to charity, whether it's uh, used clothing or money, extra money. I think that the people who donate also benefit. There's no doubt about that. The question is, do you think all countries should have to receive a quota of refugees from war or environmental disasters? Um, I think that there, there should be uh, a balance of migration. And I think that certain countries, uh, depending on the space and their standard of living, they can afford to receive more. Um, it's a tricky issue, and I think that um, for people who are seeking refugee status, they end up in these lotteries, and if they're waiting in basically like uh, temporary housing for more than a year, sometimes two years, waiting to um, get a lottery placement in a a foreign country, they're in a very difficult situation, and um, unfortunately, they suffer greatly as they wait in line to uh, flee either a war zone or um, any other very dangerous situation. So I think that um, not only should countries open their doors uh, to more refugees, the process should be streamlined.